Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast. Here are your hosts, Chris Forte and John Moises. I'm John Moises. That's Chris Forte. Live brave. And this is the Humble Warrior Podcast. Welcome to the show. Exciting, exciting, exciting. We're back. We're back. Get back in the swing of things. Right. So it's been, what, two weeks since you've been back from China? Yep. I am back, finally. Back to America? (laughs) Mentally, emotionally, physically, back. Good, good. Yeah. Well, we're back to it, and we've got a special guest on the show today. Her name is Cassie Sobleton, and she's the she's a motivational, inspirational, and corporate Detroit-based speaker focused on health, wellness, and balance. She's the author of Back to Balance, a Amazon.com bestseller where she shares her personal journey to achieving wellness. She's been featured on AOL, Crane's Detroit Business, The Huffington Post, and on Detroit. Detroit's ABC affiliate, WXYZ, Channel 7 Detroit. Welcome to the Humble Warrior Podcast, Cassie. Thank you for having me. What a pleasure. It's great to have you. And uh, Chris, why don't you talk about a little bit how you met Cassie and how we uh, got her on the show? Sure. I've met Cassie through our dear friend, Dr. Joel Kahn. Right. Uh, when we had Dr. Joel Kahn on the show and mentioning that we were looking for guests that are kind of aligned in our values of body, mind, and spirit. And uh, he mentioned Cassie, and and then so be it. We met unannounced at his restaurant, Green Space. It was just serendipitous. You just serendipitous. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Yep. And Actually, it was funny. He told me your name, mm-hmm. and that night I walked in, and um, Karen, his wife, said to me. I, I mentioned that he had said, you know, I said, there's someone that Joel wants to introduce me to. She said, actually, he's sitting right there at the bar. All right. I go, really? Okay, I'll go over and say hi. Yeah. Well, the universe was speaking then. It yeah. was. It, not, yeah, it was obviously meant to be. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about our backgrounds. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we're just very excited to finally get you on the show. I know you've been busy uh, with all your ventures and want to talk about that. But, um, you know, the passion of what we're talking about here is body, mind, and spirit. And kind of want to educate our listeners a little bit about your background, how you got into this, and some maybe of your daily practices. Oh, yeah. Wow, that's going to take up some time. (laughs) Um, Okay, my background. My background is varied. So um, it all started when I was in my mother's womb. Okay. <laughs> well, it does start. You should have seen Chris's face. Okay, we're going was, that way. Okay, part. we're going way back. Okay. <laughs> no, I mean, I lived in the normal, typical Western lifestyle. You know, mm-hmm. I was raised in, um, you know, a normal suburban home, normal meaning in this area, Detroit, Michigan. Um, you know, I had, um, I actually went to private all-girls schools. I really had Catholicism shoved down my throat, mm-hmm. which turned me off in a major mm-hmm. way. So I was very disconnected from my spirituality. Um, going through, you know, my growing up years and, and just coming in and out of different things, I got really unbalanced and really quickly. So, um, I found myself in my teenage years, super involved in drugs, super involved in all the wrong things. And that led on to a college, um, set of years that were very similar, even worse. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then came out of that, went into the career world and found myself really sick, but I couldn't figure out why. And so I had these horrible stomach issues, looking back on it now and what I know, very first chakra, second chakra type issues, um, not very grounded in um, you know, much of my life, but especially my spirituality. Mm-hmm. And um, finally, after doctor to doctor to doctor, no one could tell me what was wrong with me. Finally, I ended up in the hospital with a ruptured appendix. And when I went in for the CAT scan to check that out, they said, you know, you need a CAT scan. They came back out and said, well, 
The ruptured appendix is a problem, but more importantly than that, we found a grapefruit-sized tumor in your colon. Mm -hmm. So while we're in there, we'd like to do exploratory surgery. So talk about serendipitous, right? So I had this, I guess, opportunity to have this looked at. And so they removed my appendix. They went in and they found out I had real severe Crohn's disease. So they removed the majority of my colon, about six feet of my small intestines, and I came out of that hospital, not even out of the hospital, out of the operating room, very, very sick. Wow. Yeah. And what is Crohn's disease, just so Crohn's is, you know, it's very similar to IBS. Um, it's a inflammatory disease of the digestive tract, so it affects yeah. everyone a bit differently. Um, I was diagnosed almost 20 years ago, I guess about 15, 16, 17, I don't know. I'm losing track of time here. (laughs) Um, But at the time, it wasn't very well known. I had never heard the word. I had no idea what it was. Um, And, you know, (laughs) this was right when the internet was starting to show up in hospitals. So I remember my room having a computer. And the first thing you do when you come out of anything like that, you know, you have this. Dr. Google. Yes, I'm going to Google it. It was the worst thing I've ever done. You know, it was just, and you know, what I did find out is that the recidivism rate is extremely high. People who have surgeries like that typically go their entire life back in the hospital, never get it managed, never get it under control. Um, I was in the hospital for about three weeks, very ill, came out and just went through this crazy transformation. Um, literally, I mean, it just broke me down. It broke me down on every single level. And, you know, prior to that, I had started getting into um, a little bit of spiritual ideas, I guess. Started mm-hmm. buying a few books. I remember like buying some books on Kabbalism and I remember buying a few books on law of attraction, those types of things, but I had not yet sat down and read them. They were all sitting on my counter, right. you know, on my shelf. Um, but after that surgery, and I mean, I, I, it took months to recover from a surgery like that. I was off work, laying in bed, and all of a sudden those books are there. So, you know, I crack them open, start reading into them. It's talk about perfect time, perfect information, mm-hmm. just really dove deep into it. And the deeper I dove into it, I started realizing that I was missing this huge piece, you know, this huge piece of the puzzle. Um, and at the same time, I was put on all these drugs. So leaving the hospital, I was put on 40-some different drugs, prescription pills to take, and was told that's just it. That's the way the rest of my life is going to go. Mm-hmm. And this was before healthcare costs were like they are today. I mean, right. it was still obnoxiously mm. expensive to be able to, you know, those co-pays. I mean, it, today it would be really horrible. Yeah. But then it was even a lot for a 20-some-year-old, you know, single right. person. Um, and I remember thinking, well, maybe I can come off of these. And I remember going in to speak with my surgeon or my, my follow-up doctor, the two of them, and I said, well, I'd really like to get off of these. You know, what can I do? Impossible. I mean, these guys were just so right. medically medical. trained, you know, mm-hmm. and God bless them. Like, you know, they preach what they're le- they learn and what they um, have been taught. But I just knew, like, there was something inside of me, and I knew nothing about medicine. <laughs> I mean, nothing. I was an automotive manufacturing person, you know. Yeah. Um, but I just knew there was something in me that knew they were wrong. And I remember telling them that, and they said, no. And if you try to play around with this, we're not going to keep you under our care. And oh, I re- really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I remember saying to him, well, thank you, but I need to find a doctor who will. Yeah. And, and I remember the look on his face, like, you, like, who do you think you are? Right, you know, right, like, right. You, what do you know? You know? And I'm like, right. well, it's my body and right. I know my body, you know? So I went on this series of looking for the right doctor. Um, and this is what I tell people a lot is about this idea that you can interview doctors. Mm-hmm. You can go find the one yeah, that's right. in, you know, within your, your ideas and your philosophy set and will help you 
navigate your own body because really at the end of the day we all have this inner physician with inside of us mm-hmm. yep. and if we tap into that and we have medical professionals that actually have access to the diagnostic tools you know and, and the different things that I don't have I don't have MRIs in my right. house I don't have these right. things so right. if I can find a physician who's willing to work with me on this and then you know help me along the path that's going to be beneficial so I think I that's find a great someone. point though because not a lot of people do that they go no. to whoever people aren't even selective about their doctor they just say well, who they, should I go to? Well, and they, they show up. They, yeah, Google with a, a city, a state, and a, you know, whatever physician type. They accept the answer, mm-hmm. and I think what's important with Cassie um, is 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 communicating here is you didn't like the answer, right? That or it did not resonate with you, yep. And you took control, mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things when we say you're building your team. Yep. Whatever it is, build it with the right medical doctor that is going to be in li- aligned with you. You do not have to settle for that one doctor. Right. Right. And, and you knew something internally. You right. felt it. You knew something wasn't right, right. too. And you trusted. Oh, my instinct was yeah, there. Exactly. Yep. And I think a lot of times we, we dismiss our instinct. Mm-hmm. And just say, mm. well, we think someone knows more than us. Yes. Because I call it the white, a lot of people call it this, but the white coat syndrome. Mm-hmm. You know, right. if someone has a white coat on, they know better than you. And that's right. just right. not true. Right. right. And I think, you know, I've talked to, I, it's interesting you bring this up because in my martial arts practice, mm-hmm. when we test, we have to write a paper about our practice and how it's affected our lives. And this, there was a test this past weekend, and one of the candidates is a surgeon. Mm-hmm. And he talked about, his paper was talking about how there's this ego in the medical profession mm-hmm. and how it, it's just it's a horrible thing, right? And that people think that they that they know everything, instead of being open and learning and working with your patients, yep. and working as partners and not opponents, and and trying to get them to the best place possible. So I think that's just a great point that you bring up. Then it sounds like mm-hmm. you really trusted yourself. And then where did you go? So how did you? move on so yeah I found a physician who when I went in and said look I want to get off these meds I want to know what I can do with my lifestyle to change this and you know I want to do this and I'll never forget him looking at me and going yeah I have no idea what the answer is but I'm totally willing to work with you and I was like wow. yes right. found you right. you know right. like right. I'm with you like right. let's do this within six months I was off all my meds had lost about 35 pounds got really heavy into fitness got really into eating right i mean i I basically went raw vegan for a few years and i think that diet is extremely beneficial for healing Mm -hmm. i'm no longer on that diet Mm -hmm. i've slowly incorporated not only cooked food but you know some some different types of food into my life and that's fine but i it was very helpful when it came to healing um and so you know walking that path having a physician who supported me you know coming off the meds slowly like reducing down and then you know only taking one off at a time right having someone helping me with that monitoring it um i've never since that's happened had any type of symptom wow. and it, yeah wow. and i mean this is such a severe disease i was in a probably one of the most severe categories of this disease right. after that surgery mm-hmm. anyone i know who's been through it has been back in the hospital at least once every year or two after that wow. happened. So I'm, wow. I, I hate to say I'm lucky because I'm not lucky. You know, this is obviously a product of my lifestyle, mm-hmm. right. but I'm lucky that I was, um, you know, I had the wherewithal, I had the the drive, the motivation mm-hmm. to go figure this out and follow my instinct. Mm-hmm. Right. And you know, I think that happens to all of us at some point in time, something opens us up mm-hmm. and, and you took it and you healed yourself. Right. And not, not only mentally and emotionally, but physically and eating well. Yeah. Um, 
Can you share some of like maybe the physical fitness um, activities you've done over the years? Because I know you're still very physically active. Mm -hmm. So back then when that all started, I was um, taking a lot of group classes. So like total body conditioning, boot camps, those types of things. I actually became an instructor. I got so passionate about it. And I I still love instructing. I just don't have time for it anymore. Um, It was a few years after that because, you know, at that point I was super into... um, the physical side and the food side. Mm-hmm. And those are all really important pieces. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until about a year or two later that I really dove into the spiritual side. Mm-hmm. And because I knew there was still like a missing link there, but mm-hmm. I couldn't put my finger on it. Um, and then the more I got into that and the more I realized it, that's when I kind of switched over to a more of a yoga practice mm-hmm. and you know, kind of dove into that and got really heavy into meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, and those healed me on a totally different level mm-hmm. and opened up my awareness and right. you know, understanding of myself and my body and then all of a sudden I could start to look what was happening in my body and correlate it to emotions or mm-hmm. you know things that were happening right. in my mind yep. and um, at, around that time got really into yoga um, stayed in that for a while and recently in the last couple God, the last year or two I've gotten really back into the cardio side and the weightlifting side mm-hmm. I just realized my body doesn't respond the same way to yoga mm-hmm. uh, and it's wonderful I'm still practicing yoga and right. it's more for my mind than my body and now I'm really back into boxing and you know spinning and you know yep. back into the total body and lifting weights a lot and those types of things so you know I, I think the important part is to navigate what you need at any given time and my body is needed different things my mind is needed different things right. yes and I think that's great and I'm, I'm st- I'm very aligned in that type of thinking, just going down a similar path is listening to your body. You know, I've done it all and eventually you get to a place where you really know yourself and you know your body right. and you just know what you need to do at any given day, month, year and it's okay to switch it up. Right. As long as there's some sort of daily activity where you're working on your body, your mind or your spirit, Yep. And it just become, it really is a lifestyle. It is. Yeah. yeah. And I really think a lot of emotion gets stuck in the body. And mm-hmm. without that movement, mm-hmm. you can't right. move it through. And right. so whatever movement that is, if it's a walk, you know, if it's stretching, if it's lifting weights, I don't care. Yep. You know, we need to move that energy through our body to stay healthy and not have blockages, which then leads to disease. Yes. Right. Yes. So you, so you were in corporate America. I was. And. What? I was in automotive corporate America, yeah, so. which is even different. You know, the manufacturing right. environment. Right. Well, a very male-dominated Oh, God. I was the plant manager at a steel company. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Yep. So high stress, high hours? High st- oh, yeah. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know, right. we ran furnaces that couldn't come down. We uh, ran, you know, managed three shifts, managed all men, most of them two to three times my wow. age. Um, it's funny because I actually went to school to be a criminal psychologist. So I know, very random. Went into the field, (laughs) hated it. Um, I worked at a jail for a couple years right after school. Yeah, I absolutely hated it. Not so much because of the inmates, but because of my coworkers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, they're not not in good places, huh? No, they're not. They (laughs) they need some balance. (laughs) Yeah. And I remember one day looking around and thinking, if I stay in this field, I'm going to end up like these people. They're all angry. They're all divorced. They're all, you know, they have this, oh, God, I don't know how to say it that would be nice so i won't just a heavy load on their shoulders yes and that's tough when you're that was right out of school i take it yeah so i interned there and then took a job on for a little while and then i remember going oh my god what have i done right i really went to school for this now what am i going to do with my life i have a similar experience i graduated with a bachelor's in social work that was one of my yeah yeah and i was a social worker for a year oh god for teenage boys that were adjudicated to a treatment center Mm mm-hmm 
and it was eye-opening right and i just i just didn't feel good yeah doing that no i mean it takes a special person yes to be able to do that i'm not that special <laughs> <laughs> i'm not special in that way right. let's yeah. say right. that wasn't my calling so yeah. i quickly figured that out i'm sure like you did yeah well, how did you get out well i remember a, a professor told me he said before i graduated he said listen you know you might have a great career in social work one day you might just wake up and say this isn't for me and leave and then come back at some other point and what happened for me is I was actually, I was playing in a band at the time hmm. and this job wasn't going well. And I'm like, what am I doing? And I just, the band wanted to get serious. So they, I said, all right, I'm just going to try and focus on this for a bit. So I, dro I dropped everything, took a temp job and just played music for a while, um, which didn't work out, but it was, you know, it was it got a path you out of my of journey. Yeah, yeah, it got me out of there <laughs> and got me into the business world and into marketing too. So that's kind of. That was my path mm -hmm. towards the business world and becoming a, getting into corporate America. Right. Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. So mine actually ended. I, I was in. The, I, I was up in Mount Pleasant, Michigan. Um, what's it called? Isabel County. Isabel County Jail. And um, I actually had one of my best friends from college. This is right after college. Commit suicide. Wow. And of course, you know, in this group that I was talking about earlier, just you know, heavy drug use, and mm -hmm. you know, he had gotten to this end. And he was one of my best friends at the time. And I remember coming home. And just being beside myself, of course. And um, I remember my my stepdad, who was just an amazing man in my life. I'm very lucky to have had him intervene. But he, you know, he came to me and said, "So," and he was very matter of fact, you know. Uh, so you ready? Um, am I ready for what? You know? Uh -huh. No, are you ready? You ready to quit this lifestyle? Like it's time, right? You get that. It's time to quit this lifestyle. This yeah. is your defining moment. This is where you get to decide. And um, I, I remember saying, yeah, I am. And mm -hmm. I just, I moved home. I remember saying, what, what am I going to do for a living? What right. am I going to do for a job, you know? Right. And uh, he said, well, I'm actually opening. He was in automotive. That's how I landed in automotive. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'm opening a new company and you can come and work in the office until you figure out what you want to do. Just help me set up the office and blah, blah, blah. So I came down, started working for him and loved it. I mean, I was like, uh, who knew I was this business prodigy? I mean, I, to be that. <laughs> I mean, I, I really was good at it. Yeah. And I had this amazing mentor who was willing to take me under his wing. And I started um, this company up with him and worked in the office and then started hiring everyone, learned every job in the place, hired you know people wow. to replace myself and just really learned the business from the ground up. And um, he made me go back to school and go to accounting and learn spreadsheets and learn all <laughs> the everything, you know, so learning a business like that was something that um, apparently was in my cards, but I didn't know. Yeah. And so I didn't actually go to school for it, but learned it in a major way. And that was a godsend. But, you know, one day after another, just learning more and more. And then they, you know, opening more plants and, you know, just getting more and more involved in it. But it was high stress. Right. You know? mm -hmm. And um, that eventually took its toll on me as well, which is right. when I got ill. So when did you make this break? Because it sounds like you were in the corporate world and now you're an author and you, uh -huh. you, you're a motivational speaker. So right. how did that transition yeah. happen? So after becoming sick, I, and actually, um, short, well, I start, I kept working at the automotive plant a little bit, but I knew something was off. I knew I wanted more, um, played around with a few roles within there, like sales and those types of things, mm -hmm. which, you know, I, I thought I wanted to do at the time. And then my stepfather who had started and built these companies passed away. And so then all of a sudden it's being in the middle of working for the family business, 
he had passed away. My mom became involved and we didn't work well together. <laughs> it was just one of those situations sure. where I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? Um, and at the time, really getting into health and wellness. And I became that person because I had healed myself of this disease and, you know, completely all the symptoms were gone. Everyone I knew would come to me and say, hey, my brother has Crohn's. My mother has Crohn's. My whatever has Crohn's. Will you talk to them? So I found myself like all the time speaking with other people about their Crohn's disease. And so mm-hmm. I thought, well, I should do this for living but I didn't want to leave the corporate world because I'm very corporate I mean that's just who I am and I I do love that part of my life Um, so at the time I had heavy ties with the Detroit Medical Center and I called over there because I happened to know the president and said you know I'd like to pitch a wellness program to the DMC and he said okay we'll get you on the books Um, it took like eight months and in that eight months I worked in evenings and weekends putting together these huge plans and programs and went in and pitched it and long story short, got hired and became the corporate wellness person for the Detroit Medical Center. That's where I met Joel. Okay, wow. Because he was in a similar role. We, it was a big wow. hospital, lots of things, move, lots wow. of moving pieces. So I started doing the corporate wellness outreach for the Detroit Medical Center. And that meant all the downtown businesses. We would go in and you know arrange different lunch and learns and programs and screenings and those types of things with their employees. Um, stayed there for a while and then spun off and started my own firm called Simbella, which is the exact same thing, but... Um, a smaller boutique firm. Got it. And what's that? I said, got it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I, I, I just started that in 2010. Um, and then from there came the book and the speaking, and it's just something I really love to do. Um, so I kind of have these parallel jobs running all at the right. same time, but all feeding the same thing. So one of them's corporate, and then the other is personal. Got it. Yeah. So that's great. That's I mean, that seems like a big jump to go from automotive to <laughs> corporate wellness. Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, actually, so um, a prison guard to automotive, right, right. <laughs> corporate wellness to an author. Um, you know, I, yeah, actually, I was just with my mom this weekend in Florida, and she was telling me how I have no direction. <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> I love that about me. I don't right. know why you can't embrace that. Like, yeah, right. if I know this week I want to do this, I'm going to go do it. And it's not even that I have no direction. It's that, like, I have a lot of thoughts and a lot of ideas. Mm-hmm. And I do have to rein myself in a lot, you know, and try to remember, like, stay on course, do this one thing, do this one thing. But, you know, it's funny, even you look at the book and, you look at a book and you think, oh, yeah, someone wrote a book that's cool. But it takes two years to write a book. Mm-hmm. Like, right. So, you know, people see this book come out and it's just, you know, whatever. But it's it's part of a bigger plan, which is mm-hmm. getting the word out there. I know it's very much what you guys are doing yeah. here, too. Yes. And how do you get this information to people in a non-threatening, easily available way so that they can use this information and you know one way is through corporations you know going in through the wellness program and others through a book mm-hmm. others are through presentation so I, I think there's so many ways to get that word out and i'm always trying to figure out the best way to do that right yeah. and i think you know I, again that resonates with me i'm in the process of writing a book Good so for you. yeah and i so i hear that i mean that's a lot that's a commitment it is and well, the only people that are going to really understand that is if someone's writing a book, right? Because it is it's a lot. Hard. It, it is hard. And it's interesting you mentioned your mother because, you know, she's from a different generation. Totally. I get that too with with, with uh, my family too. But we live in a different world. You mm-hmm. don't stay at a company for twenty years, get these retirement plans right. and options, and then you sit on the beach. Yep. You really have to kind of just find your way and find what makes your heart sing. Absolutely. And part of that, and part of the, let's say the spiritual fitness world is having that trust mm-hmm. and that faith. Right. That if on a daily basis, you're just doing your best and you're just listening to your heart, you know, you may have three 
three things going on and there's a purpose for that but knowing that there will be some sort of clarity and it and it's all coming right and i think the generation that needs what we're talking about and it's resonating a lot and we're going to talk about I think I think you know Katie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. We have her next week. Awesome. But the millennial generation, yep. if you watch them, they're kind of on it. Yeah. They're on it. They are just, right. and you see even these younger people, they're into this wellness, yep. into you know a good, a healthy lifestyle, and just like, hey, I'm going to figure it out. Right. Well, you know, it's interesting. We kind of talked about this last week with your China trip. Yeah. Is that it's. They've, they've kind of gone through, they've seen that there is no retirement plan. They've right. seen right. people's 401ks blown right. up. They've seen their parents not happy with yeah. their job. And they're, they're looking at it and saying, no, that's not for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do what's, what's good for me, not what society or what, right. you know, what is kind of being pushed down on me and what, I, what has been known to be the way, the path. Yep. to success and happiness right like we talked about last week we've been i'm not gonna say sold's not the right word but the american dream mm-hmm. what is the american dream you know the american dream was a nice house nice job married kids no really the, now the dream is i want to be happy yep. i want to be me i want to yep. be my authentic self yep. and true self right and as we go down this journey you know what you are going to take lumps. Yes. And it's okay mm-hmm. if you understand that that's part of the process of finding oneself. That's right. And some people, I almost feel sorry for people that don't have problems. <laughs> <laughs> or, you know, I mean, yeah, this, like whatever, because all our problems are meant specifically for us. Mm-hmm. Cassie has her, her problems. John, I know you going way back. We each... We each have these moments where we're on our hands and knees and like saying, you know, why or what's up, but having the perseverance to get back up and say, okay, there's a purpose behind this and I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going and I'm going to keep going. Right. Right. And And how much it changes my life when that happens. Right. You know, in in the best way possible, but it can completely redirect things. Right. And right. it's, I always say my, my illness is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Yes. I might still be in a steel facility right. if I never had my appendix <laughs> rupture, right. you know, right. like it's unbelievable. Right. I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. So, um, and that's kind of like the universe or God or whatever one's belief system is, is sometimes, oh, there's the mail through the, <laughs> <laughs> through the He actually looked at me and he's like, like, he tried to put it in slowly. <laughs> oh, that but, was so nice of him. <laughs> right. But having that um, belief that, you know, the universe has my back. Right. And sometimes I totally agree. We got to go with the flow with life. Yep. And it's kind of like, it's actually an easier way of living mm-hmm. when you just kind of just wow. let go and you're just like, the only thing I can control is myself and the way I react to the things that happen. Right. Well, and it's like, and it's, you know, I always say if you're going down a river and you're trying to swim upstream, it's not going to be very easy. You might as well right, just right. let go, let it take you where it wants to pick up the pieces when you get there. So how do you deal with people? I know for me, you know, when I'm dealing with people, specifically my family, who's like, you're crazy. Stop Mm -hmm, doing this. Stay mm -hmm. in your little, you know, whatever. Um, You know, for me, it's, I always try to explain to them my thought process on this. They don't get it. I don't care how much I explain it. Right. They do not get it. Right. They think I'm absolutely insane. I'm unpredictable. I'm, you know, whatever. Right. Um, Do you have the same thing or are you better at explaining it than I am? I wouldn't say I'm better at explaining it. I think it's just I'm more voicing it a little bit like, 
like you're either on board or you're not on board. I, there's nothing right, right. I, I, I yeah. can do, but they start seeing how I am with not just them, but anybody I'm with now. Right. They're like, wow, okay, he, he is different. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he is who he is. Yeah. And, you know, I think that, and I think one of the, the gifts, and I came from uh, parents that are divorced, so I thought growing up, the, the, the way to a successful life was, oh, I'm going to have the most successful marriage. I'm going to have kids, and it's all going to be perfect. And I'm And I saw my parents corporate America basically destroy them mm-hmm. and then losing their jobs within a week of each other and how that destroyed our house. So uh, for my life story, I was like, I'm never working for corporate America. Hmm. I'm going to work on my own. I mean, that was my message. And so I remember telling my little brother when I was 15, I will never work for a company. The only one I'll work for a company will be to teach me to run my own company. Right. And just because I saw how it destroyed my life. So that's my story. Interesting. So I always had that in the back of my mind. And then I'll never forget, I was growing up and seeing my parents disperse. And um, okay, so I'm going to get my own company. Did that one. Now the next step is, oh, now I find a woman to marry. <laughs> I thought that was the Logically. right thing to do. Yeah. Right. <laughs> that's so, what we're told. Right. right. That's what we're told. We, we are fed to, it. Right. So, so really the first woman I really had a serious relationship with, I was like, okay, that's right. You know, so, and um, one kid, two kid, three kids later, 17 year marriage and, you know, tried the best I think that we both can. It takes two people to get married, takes two people to get divorced. And we've done a show on this. It's, but knowing having that, that spiritual work that I was doing, it got to a point it was like, okay, I don't have, there's no person to blame here or anything. You really have to look within and just like what's going on. Mm-hmm. And so the day of my divorce or knew that was going to happen, I went to, my investors, I was in a startup company for three years and we're on the cusp of already raised hundreds of thousands of dollars with family and friends. And I said, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so talk about, and fa- we're talking about the same family right. that, you know, says, what are you doing? Now I tell them, well, I'm out. Right. Things have changed. Things have changed. <laughs> and this is, I'm not doing this game anymore. So the businesses I were in were all money driven, money driven, money driven. So then I took a step back and said, all right, I have this opportunity to get to know myself again. And all I did was I put all my spiritual fitness practices basically on steroids. And I said, I'm going to take it to a new level. I'm going to take a year off. And all I'm going to do is yoga, meditate, pray, eat well, and write and read. No, no electronics unless, you know, I need to talk to my kids or a good friend like John on the phone. And I did that. And through that process, that is how the book is coming out. This podcast has started. And making the just commitment to live this lifestyle, but because I, it's to now keep me on the path. So I have to be in it and do this work from here on out. Right. So when my parents or anybody's like, dude, what are you doing? How are you going to support yourself? <laughs> totally. You got three girls. What are you thinking? Right. I was like, this is what I say to myself. You're not me. I just told you my story. I've got business backgrounds. I've been through this journey. I've been up. I've been down. It's part of life. 
and you need to continue to, like what you said, is motivate yourself and continue to challenge yourself to go down this path. Mm -hmm. And what's so awesome about this, just as in this short period of time, is meeting people like yourself and like-minded people. Right. So you're not crazy. Totally. You're not alone. That's that's the thing. Yeah. Right. No, you're right. Because I can have that conversation with a lot of my friends. Yes. But my family still thinks I'm nuts. And that's okay. You know, they've always kind of thought I was nuts, to be honest. And And we're all a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So it's okay to be a little nuts. Right. Well, I think, and that's the whole point is that people, it, it's nuts because it's not talked about. It's not common. It's not the traditional way of doing things. Right. And I think in today's world, there really is, everything's falling apart. There's, there is no traditional way right. because things have been changing so fast over time mm-hmm. so quickly. You know, I have a, I have a similar story in that, um, you know, my whole goal was to get a job, get married, have a family. And in my my mid-30s, my late, early to mid-30s, it wasn't happening. And I'm like, this is not fitting the timeline. This is not fitting the timeline. <laughs> Something's wrong with me. Right. And, you know, I had, I had a lot of trouble with it. And I went to counseling and, and did, had depression and went through all that. And it was when I really understood what was happening and why that I didn't have to fulfill this dream of having a family. Mm-hmm. If it happened, great. If it didn't, that's fine too. Right. But I just felt like inside that that's what I was supposed to do. And when I realized that it, I didn't have, I didn't, to have a fulfilled life didn't mean I had to do that. That's when everything started opening up and coming to me. And I think that's the big challenge is really, again, is trusting yourself and mm-hmm. what's inside of you versus what kind of what you've been spoon fed over the years and, and what the ideologies of, what happiness really is. It's really, what do you feel inside? Are you happy or are you not? And what is going to make you happy? And right. it, yeah, and it's getting to a place where you love yourself unconditionally and you're taking care of yourself on a daily basis and getting to a place where on a daily basis, because of that, then you can love others, show compassion, show kindness, show forgiveness, mm-hmm. and really get to a place where you can share your light and that could come out to serve in the highest good. And right. that's what's awesome about your work is you're taking that and bringing that out to the world in the corporate in the corporate world with your software and with your book and with right. your talks. Thank you. And it's great that we're seeing and it's taken time, but it's finally getting into businesses. Yeah, yeah, it really is in a major it's, way. I've seen a huge uptick in the last five years. Yeah. I'm so thankful for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was well, a long be, five years. You think about it because especially, well, that, that, I shouldn't like to say especially younger people, but most people spend their waking hours at work. Right. right. So you, you want a well-rounded person there. Right. Yeah. yeah, and if you can provide a, a service, it's it's not the big fancy trips anymore, mm-hmm. or you know, or stock options. It's like you know, let's incorporate. And I see, you know, I see some businesses incorporating yoga or a lot even of them. meditation time. A lot of them, you know, yeah. and it's nap pods and yeah, yeah I mean, right. It's it's finally happening out yeah. there. I mean, those are the progressive ones, of course. Right, right. But it is nice to see employers finally caring about that and understanding they have to provide it. It's becoming a benefit. Yeah, right. You know, just another benefit on the the sheet of benefits, and some of them do it well, others don't. But either way, they need to offer something like that. Yep, absolutely. Right, absolutely. So when you're out talking to businesses, you do you, you talk to all the employees? You kind of speak to to yeah. So typically, um, wellness programs are not mandated. 
Okay. But they're participation based, you know, employees can come and be part of it. Sometimes they are incentivized, mm -hmm. which means they might get a certain amount of money for participating in X amount of programs per year. Mm -hmm. um, but usually it's going to be the people who want to come into that. So, you know, if we do yoga classes, if we do smoothie demos, if we mm -hmm. do, you know, um, presentations, lunch and learns, those types of things, the employees will be made aware of it through like a two sentence blurb. And then they decide if they want to show up for right, it. Right. Wow. Yeah. And we, we get really high participation rates. And um, one of the things that Symbella does, my company a bit different than the others is we kind of go outside the box. So, you know, there's all the companies out there that are doing nutrition 101 or, you know, just these real basic, but mm -hmm. pretty dry. Mm -hmm. I mean, these are clinicians at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of Symbella's employees are, you know, outside of that, they're clinical and, you know, they might be a physical therapist, but they're also a cranial sacral and a meditation instructor mm. and you know right. whatever they're they're a little bit more than that and so mm. we can you know give them a, a little more so one of the things i love doing is getting up to to give a talk and maybe it's on stress management because that's always for so every employee they wear it like a badge of honor i'm stressed <laughs> they're totally okay with saying i'm stressed right. you know um so that's a, a good way to get them in there. Mm -hmm. And, but what I do is, you know, the stress management, but then we talk about meditation and we talk mm -hmm. about mind, body, spirit integration. And we mm -hmm. talk about all these other things under this stress umbrella. Mm -hmm. But what's really cool about it is to see a room of, let's say a hundred people and everyone thinks they're coming in just to get their incentive and you know, whatever, they might learn something, but they're not that interested. And like, you can kind of see a wave over the crowd when they realize it's a little bit more than that. You know, yeah, when mm -hmm. you start, you give them a little meditation demo mm -hmm. and they can go through it and you talk to them afterwards about how they felt and you know they all say yeah i really noticed a difference in just mm -hmm. two minutes or yeah. a breathing exercise or whatever it is um you know i always tell people like look for those signposts in life so like if you've been thinking about meditation for the last i don't know a few months few years but you're too intimidated you don't know where to start with it mm -hmm. and i just talked about it in today's speech and gave you a quick demo maybe this is your serious wake-up call to get mm -hmm. started on this so come talk to me afterwards and i'll get you hooked up with an instructor or we'll bring it into your corporation or or or, or whatever that mm -hmm, might right. be um but you know it's cool to see in mainstream corporate america people who are really interested in this they just don't know where to go to get it right right and that's the hard thing and right. you know the more access they have to it the more interest there's going to be there to actually go to those classes yes yes so that's that's changing and that's cool to watch yeah that's good i mean that's powerful stuff i mean good better and different that the, the fact that businesses are supporting a wellness movement i think is a wonderful thing because it's good business one if well let's their employees be real. are happy yeah right. i mean it's about right. the healthcare costs and that's right. fine you know the right. majority of them that's what it's about mm -hmm. um but you know it's really cool when you finally connect with someone in hr who really gets it right and then they want to take it to the next level so it's not just about the return on investment for them it's about the value on investment right you know and the difference between those two and how their employees are using the program and the people that you know, come back to them and say, it's really changed my life. Yeah, like right. I love going into corporations where, you know, we'll, we'll do something every month and, you know, I see these people consistently and they'll say, you know, I've been making smoothies every single day since you guys came in here and taught us how to six <laughs> months ago. And I've lost nine pounds without doing anything. And my wow. husband's lost 15. It's always the woman who right. loses less. Right? <laughs> and, um, you know, my kids are now into this and we always teach them to like, you know, get dressed up and, you know, for green smoothies yeah. and put the little, little like things on for goblin juice or whatever yeah. with the kids. And, you know, now my kids are into this and, and just hearing those things, you know, mm -hmm. people are really mm -hmm. taking this into their home. Right. And yeah. it's important because where else would they get it? Right. Right. Well, and yeah, and I think we've talked about that and we've kind of mentioned some things uh, on, on uh, pods in the past. It's like, 
you just incorporate these little things yep. over time. You know, one also, step, one step at a time. Mm-hmm. We've always put so much pressure that we got to do everything at once, and this is a journey. That's and right. You do these little things by just taking care of your body, and just the one thing in the morning, this smoothie, right? Right. And then you, you just start there. Yep. You and know? you know, it took us so long to incorporate the bad habits. Mm-hmm. Right. When we think about that, you know, you started right. drinking at a certain age, you may have started smoking, you became right. sedentary, you know, you live with somebody, you pick up some of their bad habits. Yeah. And in the same way, like, okay, let's just stop the boat right here and we'll start turning it around. But it right. takes a while to turn that boat around, you know, right. yep. one step, one step, one step. And I think that's how people have to approach it. Otherwise, yeah, they're going to fail. Yep. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the, that's also the other side of the coin is okay. I'm going to incorporate something that's good for me, but now I have to really look at my life. What's not good for me right. and slowly let that go, right. let that go. If it's food or people or, yep. you know, whatever you're doing. Mm-hmm. And what I, well, I guess what we've talked about here, where we kind of preach on the, uh, or teach, I should say in the spiritual fitness lifestyle, it should be simple. Right. What's good for me? and what's not good for me and to live a daily life of just incorporating that and just staying on that path that's right you know i love the 80 20 rule you know this idea of doing what's good for me 80 percent of the time and then letting myself the cheat things the 20 percent right and you know whatever that is it's gonna be different for everyone but then also understanding why you're doing it so i remember when i wasn't as conscious as i am today and i would drink myself into a stupor mm-hmm. when something would happen mm-hmm, you know and mm-hmm. versus and by the way i don't drink at all anymore but mm-hmm. versus the times when i would have one glass of wine as a celebration it's very different right. you know? yes. and to know the difference between why am i drinking like this or am i actually using alcohol to celebrate yep. like they're very different ways of using alcohol and that's one thing that is so ingrained in our society and so yes. accepted and it's everywhere you go yes i mean alcohol and, and know how right. to use it and i'm not saying don't drink right i'm just saying learn how to use it properly and if you're using it to numb out there's an underlying cause there and you're gonna have to address that issue at some point yes. Yes. So just be careful how often you're numbing out. You right, know? Right. And, and that's what I try to tell people. Just right. start to look at that. Why are you doing what you're doing? Yes. You said the magic question and the be awareness is the why. Mm-hmm. What's the why? And I just have to mention this because one of my um, favorite authors on this subject, um, The Art of Happiness by Chris Prentice. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, he opened up passages with his son in Malibu. And they take a holistic approach to alcoholism and drug addiction. And their whole thing is why? Yep. And to answer that question. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah. Well, why we do things, you know, why are we beating ourselves up? Why am I overeating? Right. You know, why, you know, why am I causing myself stress? Well, you know, why am I always running late? And that's causing me stress. Why is that happening? And just. You're getting to know yourself and you're getting to get to the core of what, what the real issues are. That's right. Right. Yeah. And that's a hard question to, to ask because I think a lot of yeah. times when you start doing that introspection, you start, it, you don't put it on yourself, you put it on something else. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm stressed because of my job. I'm right. stressed because I don't have a sitter for the kids. I don't make enough money. And it's, it's things that I guess you're not looking deep enough inside of yourself mm-hmm. to say, what, why? Why am I not happy because I'm not making enough money? Right. A lot of people live on that money right. and do right. just fine. Right. You know right. exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's you know, that's I think that's a big, a, a hard hill to overcome sometimes. Mm-hmm. Well, it's very subconscious. Right. You know, and our mind has a very um, 
powerful coping mechanism, bringing these things down, you mm -hmm. know, very deep so that we can mm -hmm. deal with them easier. Right. You know, and the ego is there for a reason. I mean, mm -hmm. there's there's an obvious reason for that. And so, you know, when, when you try to dismantle that and look into it, your ego is just going to shout back at you like, nope, you know, mm -hmm. it's all external. It's all external. Don't fix it. Right. And until you start to break that apart, until you start to really train yourself to be able to accept that, mm -hmm. you know, you're not going to be able to get into that. It's difficult. Right. It takes years. Yeah. It takes lifetimes. Yeah, <laughs> this, right. is, this is a very, very, uh, a lot of work. Let's it put is. It that way. Yeah. But it, I think sometimes it's also a balance of not, not thinking it's impossible. Right. And thinking, you know, I can take a one little step today yep. and I can start moving in a different direction. Do you have any advice on how people could take maybe three things that they could do to start, start their journey that's easy and that, that, that they can start opening that door and like, opening the crack a little bit, put mm -hmm. their foot through the, through the door. Yeah. I mean, I think I talked earlier about the signposts and I always say that's the best thing. I mean, there's, there are always these little indicators, you know, mm -hmm. things that we know we want to do, but we're a little afraid of. Right. And so seeing those and the things that you're seeing over and over again, should that be maybe this idea of meditation or wanting to go to yoga and you keep seeing about different classes, mm -hmm. you know, going to them or even ironically, like someone said to me the other day, there's this guy, we were standing, uh, it was on opening day and we were down there and I was in the car with my girlfriend. She goes, see that guy right there? And he was just in the crowd walking. I go, yeah. She goes, I have seen him every day for the last six days. I, like I noticed him because he has dreadlocks. He had these really long dreadlocks. She goes, I don't know what it is. And I was like, you need to get out of the car right now and go introduce yourself. She's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, no, I'm serious. <laughs> right, We're stuck it. in traffic. We're not yeah. going anywhere. You've seen this guy six days in a row. Go introduce yourself. She was like, I, no, please don't make me. Like, no, this is crazy. This, right. There's a reason for this. Right, you know right, what I mean? But right. like when, when those things keep happening, take note. I think yeah. that is one of the first things that we can do. You know, our bodies are trying to tell us something. The universe is trying to tell us something. How can you see that as a gift and act on it? Because right. yes. often there's something there. Like, I don't yes. know. She wouldn't go meet him. Yeah, right, okay. Yeah, so I made her promise me next time they were like in a coffee house, mm -hmm. she would go introduce okay. herself when it wasn't so threatening. You know? <laughs> right. Not out on the streets in Detroit. Right. <laughs> but, you know, there, there's something going on there. And, and I just want to say, and I think that is the difference between sleepwalking through life right. and being awake. That's right. And always being awake and being alert. And that's kind of what makes life fun. Right. Every day, you're just like, "Ooh, what's going to happen to me? What yeah. what signals am I getting?" Right. You well, know? it's just like how we met. Yeah, exactly. I mean, right. Yeah. Right. And like the adventure you're going with the three businesses, you you just keep going, girl. Right. And uh, I'm going <laughs> to keep you. going too. Right. right. We'll, we'll just go and <laughs> yeah. just, but just knowing that you're and what you're doing is you're putting your your trust in mm -hmm. the universe, and right. so therefore it will be, come back to us if mm -hmm. we have that belief system. That's and right. sometimes it's like. Okay, and I, John, I always have this talk. I'm like, I feel like I'm always being tested. I don't know why. I mean, I'm going to be tested to, I, I don't know if it's to get, I'll be one penny left in my bank account, mm -hmm. but I am going to, <laughs> but I'm going to continue yeah. to go down because it, this is the life that it's the only way to go. Right. It's the only way to go. Yep. And to your point is, Every day becomes an adventure yep. as opposed to I get up, I do this and just, and did it for Routine. years and did yeah. it for years. I'm going to go to work. I'm going to do this. I'm going to pick up my kid, go to the game. Autopilot. And, yeah. And we're missing the present mm -hmm. and being present. Mm -hmm. And if the, all the gurus out there or all the wise ones out there saying being in the present, that's right. really what we're talking about. Yep. Being awake and being in the present with that. Right. And it's actually harder 
I think it's harder today than ever because yeah. we're so caught right. up with our yeah. phones. We're yeah. caught up with doing multitasking and so right. many different things. It's hard to slow things down enough to just concentrate on, you know, hey, we're sitting here doing a podcast and we're talking to each other. I'm not right. emailing people on the side. Right. You know, I saw your phone under there. but i think that's what cassie is saying is it's a couple of the uh, (laughs) a couple of things we can do these takeaways that's why we put these little things in our daily life right to remind Mm -hmm. us yep i agree you know it is work it's like anything else right you know it's funny we just led into what would be my second point would be to travel and retreat I mean, those, I am a huge advocate. I retreat Mm. all the time. I love going to ashrams. I love going to monasteries. Mm. And I mean, when you go away to those places, you're just completely disconnected. I heard that you just went to China. Yes. I'd love to hear about it. I'll have to listen to your last podcast. Um, I just took, you know, weeks um, a little while ago to go to Thailand and and did the same thing. Amazing trip. I just booked a trip for another three weeks out for my birthday. I'm taking myself to England and let's see, where am I going? London, Germany, um, Netherlands. And one other place I'm drawing a blank on, but awesome. either way, what I, I I love to travel, and it's awesome. amazing when you get to these places. It just opens your mind about what's mm-hmm. possible, and then yes. all of a sudden, when I come back and everyone's getting on me about you know you need to do this and you need to do that, it's like no, actually, I could sell everything I own and live in Thailand. Big, I mean, right. seriously, yeah, right. fat right. for like 15 years. So don't tell right. me I need to do anything. It's actually yeah. extremely easy to go live that kind of lifestyle over right. there, you know. And right. when you see that, it just kind of brings it back home, you know. I right. mean, in your mind about what is possible and how much you really don't need for happiness. Right. Absolutely. It's like the world is so big, but yet it's oh, so small. Right. You know. Uh-huh. Right. Well, well def- and we also have this concept that we need. We need things. Right. Right. You need right. you need roof over your head. You need some food. You really right. don't need much. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Some of these places that I've gone, I mean, I'm talking a bed and a desk. Yes. In a room, sometimes in a tent. Mm-hmm. And they're the best weeks of my life. Right. You know, when I come home, I'm like, oh, God, I don't need any of this. Every time I come home, I throw out like half the things I own. Right. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, doing go. Oh, you. I really go. do. I yeah. think it's, uh, Yeah. I have a very minimalistic attitude in home and those types of things. But that's huge. I mean, to be able to go experience that. And people always say to me, you're so lucky that you can do that. And you're so lucky that, you know, you get to travel and you have the money to do that. And I'm like, guys, hold on. I still live in my starter home. Mm -hmm. I've lived in that home for 15 years, Mm -hmm. you know. I still, you know, anyways, we all put our money where we want and what's important to us. And, you know, I know these people that buy up and buy up and Mm -hmm. buy up and then tell me they can't afford travel. And I'm like, no, you can. Mm -hmm. You've just chosen to put it somewhere else. And that's Mm -hmm. fine. Mm -hmm. You know, you can do whatever you want with your money. But, you know, there are things that will bring us more happiness than these bigger and bigger homes. Right. Yep. And I think it's, again, getting back to what we talked about is what what's good for me, what's not good for me and keeping it simple. Right. And it seems like, you know, just in this brief interview that we're talking with, that just knowing you is you've got your businesses, you're following your heart, you love to travel. Mm-hmm. You're, basically, you're doing, the, you're living the life you want. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And people aren't accustomed to that type of life, right? Right. Your family, your friends, how you doing it, how you doing it. You just, uh, you're just, just do doing what you it. want it. You're just doing it. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference yeah. really sometimes at yeah. the end of the day. That's true. You know, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's the way that you answer that question is, you know, I, the, the question of you don't have direction, you don't know what you're doing. You're all over the places, but I'm happy. Right. right. I'm doing what I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It makes yeah. a big difference. Yeah. yeah. So what, so you have a third point? So what would be my third point? My third point is to be, 
to focus or to learn some type of stress reduction technique. And I don't think meditation's the right thing for everyone. Mm-hmm. I think it's powerful. And I think there's a lot of different meditation techniques. Um, sometimes it's breathing. Sometimes it's taking a walk in nature. Sometimes it's pet therapy, sitting down with your animal. Sometimes sure. it's child therapy, whatever it is. But really taking the time to do that a few times a day. And it yeah. doesn't have to be this 20 minute twice a day. It could be three minutes here and four minutes there and 10 minutes here. But, Mm -hmm. you know, learning, you know, leave that phone aside, turn it off, you know, don't Mm -hmm. have the TV on and really take some time to process because our brains have so much happening in them. The amount of thoughts that run through our brains are just obnoxious and to be able to process them, Mm -hmm. you know, is important and will help us get through a lot. So I, I really encourage people to find what works for them and put a calendar appointment, put it in their planner Mm -hmm. to take that time somehow. Mm -hmm. Those are great points. Yeah. I love it. And I want to come back, though, back to the travel and retreats, because I know we've talked about this in the past. And when I like uh, what I what I I think I know what I heard and I like it because I've done the same thing is is you're going on this adventure alone, always alone, always alone. And I think that sometimes I hang up. Oh, my God. I'm actually going to just pack a bag and go somewhere (laughs) alone, not with a companion or what have you. Mm hmm. That is getting you to a place of accepting and loving yourself. You carry yourself with you all the time. Right. And what better way can you get to know yourself Mm -hmm. is go on vacation with yourself out of everyday reality. And I think that's very, you know, so I just wanted to bring back that point. No, I. That's very important. You know, I I don't think I've ever done that. Really? Gone out by myself. I think you have a new to-do idea. Yeah. I think I might do that. <laughs> yeah. I have to convince my wife it's okay. Well, even, you know, you could even start with a weekend. That's it. Yeah. You start with a two-day, three-day trip. There's a place called the Song of the Morning Ranch up in Vanderbilt, Michigan. Okay. And it's a yoga retreat center. And they oh. have a lot of great little programs. And they just run from Friday to Sunday, a lot of them. Oh, wow. And you'll, okay. you know, I, it's funny because I, I am often alone. Um, but I have met some of my closest friends and most like-minded people on these retreats. Yep. I mean, and you know, you, you two are an exception. You know, there's not a whole lot of males out there right. in this area right. um, that are really open with their communication, their spirituality, you know, and their understanding mm-hmm. of these type, type of topics. I go to a retreat like that and that's all there is. Right. right. And I'm actually visiting one of them in England. He'll be, I'll be going to see him for a couple of days while I'm there. Um, but I mean, I have friends all over the world now right. that I've met at these retreats that are just so conscious. And it's really cool to meet people like that and have them for life. That you is know, cool. In your life. Yep. That is awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, that's yep. a big deal because we talk about that a lot too, is right. that you want to you want to surround yourself with uh-huh. like-minded people so yeah. that you can, it helps you continue this path. Mm-hmm. That's right. And yeah. have these conversations. That's right. Right? I mean, right. he and I would even know we had this commonality when we were in business together and it was right. it's funny because when you're talking about the guy with the dreadlocks yeah he's like that for me he's right. your guy with right. the dreadlocks yeah right. because right. I, came, I keep bringing him in though yeah <laughs> <laughs> he came into my life as you know as one of my clients and he dropped out came back in dropped out came back in and i was like what is going on with this guy right. why does he keep coming into my life and at the time you know i was like he was a A-type sales personality on the outside. I'm right. like, I don't understand. There's something that's not right about him because I can't get a read on him. <laughs> and something just didn't seem to gel. And then when he came, approached me about his kind of his background and the spiritual side of him and all the work he's done, I'm like, that's it. That's that's why it didn't connect because right. I never saw that side of him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And here we are today. Yeah. And one thing to note that Cassie doesn't know is John was involved in that startup that I left. Oh, okay. So oh, yeah. when I left, he was like, what the? I was like, don't, <laughs> don't ever talk to me. Again. Right, right. I bet. <laughs> not only did I leave, but I, I really left. And we didn't talk for six months. And then I called him up and said, you know, <laughs> you, I want to, you know, want to sit down for lunch. I have an idea for <laughs> this podcast. You're like, what? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> what's this? What's this scam now? Right, right. Oh, <laughs> right. boy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's turned into where this is kind of, you know, spiritual work for us, too. Mm-hmm. That's why we do this show. It's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love the show. I love the idea and what you guys Thank are putting you. out there. Thank you. Well, thanks for being on the show. How can My people pleasure. find you? My website, CassieSobleton.com. Okay. Yes. And your book's on Amazon? It is. Yes, the it is. Back to Balance. Back to Balance. Amazon bestseller. When did it release? September, September 2015. Great. So yeah. it's still great and still lots of copies out there i'm sure yeah it, they're going it's quite nice every three months i get a check and a little uh print out from amazon and i'm nice. like oh yeah the book look nice. at that yes thank you amazon nice nice <laughs> and then are you can anybody see you anywhere are you doing any appearances yeah i do a lot um i do a lot in wxyz i'll okay. actually be on the tomorrow um great but oh. i do a lot of presentations but they're typically for Closed groups, okay. meaning like for conferences or at corporations or okay. those types of things. Um, oh, I'm doing the women's show. That's in Novi. And let's see, the God, the 1st of May. I think it's a oh, Sunday. Oh, great. Yeah, so I'll be out there for the women's show. Okay. Yeah. We'll get that up on the site so that cool. people can find that. Thank you. And um, it was a pleasure having you. It was wonderful to be here. Yeah. And we'll circle back. We'll get you back on. That'd be fun. All As right. you continue down this adventure and these paths. That's right. That's right. After, after um, Europe, right? Right. There you go. <laughs> yeah. So we want to thank everybody for tuning in. And thank you for subscribing to the Humble Warrior Podcast on iTunes. Following us on Twitter at The Warrior Pod and liking the Humble Warrior Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. And until next week, live brave. Join us next week for the next episode of the Humble Warrior Podcast. Subscribe to the Humble Warrior Podcast by visiting chrisforte.com.